hip bone is connected to the neck bone. No, 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 it's connected to the thigh bone. No, no, wait a minute. Gather around the campfire, partner. Old Gabby Winchester is about to open a crock of Boston baked bull. Sit down. Time we had a little nuts in that talk. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077 Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me again is Simon. Uh, Gentlemen. You sound surprised there. Uh, it's because I was just drinking a glass of wine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Charles mode. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're discussing Season 6, Episode 25, Major Topper. It's the 147th episode overall, directed by Charles Dubin. Written by Alan Freeman, originally aired on March 27, 1978, and the production code is Y123. Uh, this guy landed right on his chest. He's got fractured ribs, lacerated lung. I'll have to do a lobectomy. If there's too much of a problem, Hanagut, uh, I can take it. There's a fractured femur here for you. Thanks all the same, Charles, but I've done at least 50 of these. Oh, really? That's almost half as many as I've done. I beg your pardon, rookie, but in what war? The big one. The war of the Boston commuters. The contingency does not exist for which I'm not prepared. You name it, I've done it successfully. Oh, yeah? Have you ever done a mesenteric arterial thrombosis? Before or after medical school? Dr. Winchester leads one to nothing. Oh, yeah? How about an abdominal aortic aneurysm? Yes, but it was very difficult. Oh, you actually admit that. Yes, of course I do. It was during a power blackout. The snow is getting pretty thick in here. How many people in this room can say they have performed a porter cavill shunt? I can do a cartwheel. During an appendectomy? I thought so. James, set and match to Major Winchester. He hasn't won anything. We're just as good as he is. Now, the hip bone is connected to the neck bone. No, 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 it's connected to the thigh bone. No, no, wait a minute. And the plot sum of this episode, between the swamp mates trying to top each other, the camp deals with a bad batch of morphine and a corporal who shoots down invisible enemy gliders. Folks, we've got a real Lulu on our hands. Littered with wounded, sitting on what could be a rotten shipment of morphine. What about Seoul? Can't ship till tomorrow. So the $64 question is, what do we do in the meantime? And for the grand prize, what do they do in the meantime? Why are we condemning an entire shipment of morphine because of one man's negative reaction? Because that one man almost died. Would you care to try for two out of three? Charles, in all my experience as a doctor, I have never seen a reaction that bad. In all my experience as a doctor and almost head of thoracic surgery in Massachusetts, oh, General, I, again. I have never heard such a hasty and unsubstantiated conclusion. Colonel, he's right. Let's try it on the second man. Roll up your sleeve, Charles. I loathe you, Pierce. I call your loathe and raise you two despises. Well, we've got to do something. Icing the wounds is not going to be enough. I prescribe the morphine. Sure, it's quick, effective, possibly lethal. We're not really loaded with options, are we? Pierce, close that door. Now, what I've got to tell you has to be kept within the confines of this room. I mean it. Go ahead. Back in Hannibal Moe, when I was about eight years old, we lived across the street from old Doc Schumacher. Well, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> Simple country doctor... A lot of horse sense. One night, my Aunt Grace was visiting, came down with a terrible migraine. Poor woman was in agony. 
When we called Dr. Schumacher, he said he'd come over and see what he could do. All this is top secret? No, let me finish. Anyway, he shows up with something that he said would really do the trick. Gave her a couple of pills, told her not to worry. She was going to be fine, completely cured. Sure enough, in about a half an hour, she was up baking me cookies. What did he give her? Two sugar pills. A placebo? He gave her a phony cure. Nothing phony about her recovery. Look, I'm happy for Ann Grace, but, you know, we're talking about compound fractures. And we're a long way from Hannibal Moe. The body can do remarkable things if the mind will let it. Now, if we sell it, really sell it, it just might work. But they're still sugar pills. Not if they believe it's morphine. Next thing you know, we'll be sticking pins in little dolls. Spoken like a true shrunken head. I'd say it's worth a try. Well, if we don't give them something, they're going to be in a bad way. I, for one, refuse to take part in this ridiculous charade. Charles, we're all in this together. And if you breathe one word of this out there, I promise you a pain nothing will cure. We need absolute security. Anything negative will kill it. Pierce Honeycutt, why don't you go to the pharmacy and make up about 50 little white lies? The rest of us will be waiting in post-op. I hope I can be convincing. It's easy, Margaret. Just pretend you're in the high school play. You're Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm passing out morphine. This isn't going to work. This is not going to work. It won't work. Although I hope I'm wrong. And for our guest stars, we have Hamilton Camp, who plays Corporal Boots Miller, has the dubious distinction of being a cast member of two of television's biggest failures. Both Turn On from 1969 and Co-Ed Fever from 1979 were canceled after only one episode. Oh, that's Ooh, sad. That is sad, yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew Block, who plays Saxton, uh, had 51 episodes to his resume. Uh, Andrew appeared in only two episodes of MASH. Cool. And then we have Donald Blackwell, who played Graham. Only two credits to Donald, MASH, and What's Happening? And Peter Zapp plays Rifkin. 22 credits for Peter. Many of those are in well-known TV shows such as L.A. Law, 21 Jump Street, and The Wonderful Columbo. And then we have Paul Link, who plays Collins. He's an American actor known for his role as Officer Arthur Artie Grossman on Chips. And John Kirby plays Duncan, and he appeared in Fall Guy, MacGyver, and Airwolf. I'm loving these classic 70s, 80s TV, like Chips and MacGyver. Yeah, good stuff. I remember them all. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Then we have Michael Mann, who played Sergeant Glassberg. Regular TV actor in the 70s and 80s, he appeared in Cheers, Taxi, and Smoking the Bandit. And, of course, Kelly Nakahara returns as Lieutenant Kelly Yamoto. We about ready? All right, kids, it's showtime. Wait a minute. I'm not one to harp on things, but this is all up to us. Here's the formula. If we believe it, they believe it. If we can make it work in their minds, it just might work in their bodies. Otherwise, they're only taking sugar pills. Colonel, they are only taking sugar pills. However, I am a consummate actor. You better be. I am. I am. I was in the Hasty Pudding shows. I have it. Two years. I had my reviews. Like All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. I will start us off. Um, I enjoyed this episode as well. Mm. I gave it 8 out of 10. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's kind of the going theme of all these episodes, that we, this block that we're watching, because I really enjoyed this, big, this block of uh, episodes. Mm. Um, I have, let's see my notes here. I have Charles one-upping everyone. Oh, yeah, you know being pompous again (laughs) Uh, he quickly turns uh, from you know 
his drug addiction to being the good old <laughs> Charles again. Um, I like the idea of the placebo. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, the, the mind's a crazy thing. Um, and I love that, you know, Potter, it's Potter's idea, and he's really pushing it that we need to sell it. You know, if they don't believe us, then they're not going to believe it themselves, um, and it won't work. And I love the fact that we find out that it only worked for half the people, you know, not mm. everybody. So it wasn't like a – it was more realistic. Yeah. You know, not everyone is going to believe it, truly believe it, and they had to make their body help themselves. Um, I thought that was cool. You know, the crazy guy, I mean, I didn't, the, it was fine, the story. Uh, he truly was crazy. And I love, <laughs> it's it so weird, I don't understand how Klinger has his own tent yeah. most of the time, which doesn't make sense to me, why he, he's only a corporal, why would he have his own tent? Yeah. You know, some episodes, he, and then out, like this episode, he has a roommate. Mm. And he has this cr- crazy guy. So, I mean, I know it's for writing convenience, but I never truly understood why he's by himself which is because he's you know dresses like a woman and is crazy <laughs> or you know I don't know it just it always never made sense to me why some people are bunked together and some people are VIP you know that yeah. type of thing no I agree but, um, uh, but it was fun to see him you know at first he thought this guy was just pretending you know just like he he was uh, still is actually um, or actually being crazy until he starts shooting, you know, invisible gliders. <laughs> um, and I saw at the end when they get the ladder and you think, oh, man, they pulled the wool over their eyes. You know, he's not really crazy. And now he's super rich and an inventor. But then you find out, well, no, he is still he's still crazy. Yeah. Um, he's just a rich, crazy man. A rich, crazy man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But overall, I mean, it was fun. I mean, the one upping, you know, the constant one upping was, you know, it's like, OK, that's fine. Um, but that's, I guess, that's, it was more in character with Charles and with the way he, he interacts with Hawkeye mm. and BJ. Yeah. So it didn't really bother me that much. Yeah, I always like, I always like the interaction. I, I really like Charles, BJ, and Hawkeye's interaction more than Frank mm. and, you know, BJ and Hawkeye. I don't know if their dynamic seems to work better, but that's, you know, I was never a fan of Frank, so maybe that's, you know, maybe I'm a little tainted. I think it's I think it's more the fact that because they they do all get on as opposed to with Frank they didn't really get on with Frank as yeah. with Charles they, they do they get do on get on but they still they still have fun and they still bicker and they still get on each other's nerves and you know but with Frank it was different Frank yeah. was just I don't know what it was but I'm, I'm really I'm really <laughs> liking the dynamic between the the trio that they have this time around yeah so. you say the chemistry really works with them yeah yeah. What did you think of this episode? Yeah, I mean, it's a three. It's a three um, structured episode. This is, as you say, there's there's the 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 guy, the crazy guy. You've got the morphine uh, placebo story, and you've also got the one-upmanship. I like the placebo one. I thought that was really nice, and uh, exactly like you said, I like the fact that it wasn't a hundred percent success. You know, it, it mm-hmm. does show that that you know, well, the realist realism of it. You know, placebo, mm-hmm. the placebo effect is a well-known thing, uh, and I like the fact that it it kind of kept its realism. I really wasn't keen on the crazy guy storyline. It was just all over the place. I was thinking, mm-hmm. you wouldn't give this kind of guy a gun. And I know this is the argument with Klinger, but they know Klinger's pulling it off. But we've never seen this bloke before. And yeah. uh, and as you say, like Kenny. Um, Klinger's got this his own tent, and you can understand Father Mulcahy and and Margaret Houlihan having their own tent. Um, mm-hmm. But you'd kind of think all and and Radar because Radar sleeps in the office. But you'd, you'd kind of think about um, all the other you know 
listed people where well, where do they sleep and you'd kind of yeah. you know, they all should kind of sleep together really. but as you say that means they'd have to probably turn like the mess tent into a sleeping area and have more extras in there which would be more more pay and all that kind of thing so yeah you can see why they do it um i mean i understand why but it's really never addressed no he no. has his own place no, um, I, and I, I, but I really, I really do like the one-upmanship stories, especially at the end when Charles pulls out a photograph of him and Audrey Hepburn at dinner. Mm. That was brilliant. But what really did make me laugh, and I have no, I don't know if this was just a, uh, um, a Mike Farrell um, quickly thinking on the spot, but when you see Charles keep talking and they're hiding, uh, BJ pulls out a white flag and starts waving it right at the very end, just as it ends. And it's brilliant. I never noticed is. that. Uh, it, that had me howling because it's. Cle- <laughs> I reckon that must be just a quick, clearly like uh, Mike Farrell must have thought, "Oh, I'm surrendering, I'm surrendering," and showing the flag. Yeah. And that really had me going because Frank, uh, Frank, um, Charles is still talking about you know another one upmanship story. Yeah. Uh, so actually, yeah, yeah, I, that yeah. that part of the, this episode I really liked more more than anything. Uh, but you see, it's yeah. a good story. As I say, we've had some cracking episodes in this block that we've watched, and uh, I, I think this is probably the slightly the weakest one. But that's n- that's not saying anything bad because it's still really yeah. enjoying. But I think it's a seven and a half for me on this episode. That's not bad. I totally agree. I think the Crazy Man storyline was probably the weakest of the three storylines. Yeah, um, and it was probably my least favorite because it was just so all over the place. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but I think the other storylines definitely helped so when we got back to him it was like okay yeah this is what i'm liking yeah almost half not too bad maybe next time we ought to put in more sugar gentlemen i would say that as placebos go our results were remarkable between the placebos the sleeping pills and the ice packs they should make it through the night old doc schumacher would have been proud yeah i want to thank you boys for coming through on this all for a good cause i know it was my idea but i got to admit it was the damnedest thing i ever saw it's just not fair, you know. I spent all those years in medical school, and these guys wind up helping themselves. Best doctors right up here. Hey, hey, don't spread it around. We'll be out of jobs. It was just amazing. Obviously, to a main boy, it would be. Oh, and you've witnessed better? Of course I have. Massachusetts General, 47, appendectomy, no anesthesia. I know. Your handyman inhaled it all. Dr. Babcock put the patient under by hypnotizing him with his gold watch. And when he woke up, his appendix, the watch, and the doctor were gone. Just if you like. It's all there in the Massachusetts medical record. Now I have a reason to go home. I want to look that up. Wouldn't help you a bit, Pierce. It doesn't have pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get that guy. I hate to top you, but I'm going to get that guy. Would you settle for we're going to get that guy? Come on, little boys. You've had a busy day. Sick and tired of Charles topping us every time we open our mouths. Yeah, he does do his best to humiliate you, but that's part of his charm. Let's move on to some behind the scenes. I have the first one. Uh, the song Colonel Potter quotes in the beginning of the episode is Dim Bones. It's also known as Dry Bones. It's a spiritual based on a scripture of Ezekiel 37. Yeah. Uh, while the three surgeons are boasting to each other who they have dated, Charles claims to have dined with Audrey Hepburn. You ever heard of Audrey Hepburn? Sure, big brown eyes, beautiful smile, a lot of talent. I understand she can act, too. And you dated her stand-in, right? Of course not. Dated her. Oh, come on! That's it. We're calling you on this one, Charles. Look, Charles, we've had enough of your lies. Your handyman, okay. The hypnotist, maybe. Maybe. But Audrey Hepburn? <laughs> it's just a laugh. <laughs> Never. I've seen her, and not only couldn't you date her, she wouldn't let you into a theater where one of her movies was playing. Actually, I've, I've never seen any of her films. Aha, uh-huh, right. I just had dinner with her. <laughs> Don't you ever give up? 
face it, Mother Goose. We got you this time. Quasimodo would have a better chance of dating Audrey Hepburn than you. Yeah. Gentlemen. Mm. Oh, look at this thing. I I hate to do this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Let me see. Nothing, nothing. It's just a picture of Audrey Hepburn having dinner with... I can't say it. Charles. It's a fake. It's not a fake. I'm going to be sick. A charming little girl. Lovely old world manners. Appetite of a bird. She had gained no prominence in the US until Roman Holiday, which was released in 1953 after the Korean War. Uh, then we have a match received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Comedy Series at the 1978 Emmy Awards. Alan Alden received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. Also, Gary Berghoff and Harry Morgan received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. And Loretta Swit received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. Yeah, there you go. I think you mentioned this in the previous podcast. This is when they really started getting their Emmys absolute, on. Absolutely, yeah. This, and these yeah. are the, you know, the, uh, the nominations, and they soon yeah. start winning them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, fun fact. Uh, throughout the series, Klinger frequently introduced himself by his full name of Maxwell Q. Klinger, but we never find out what the Q stands for. Unsolved mystery. Unsolved never be mystery. Solved. Yeah. It's all, all about the, the uh, single letter names. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sir, I've got to talk to you. Not now, Klinger. I'm due at a 40 Wink Festival. But it's about Corporal Miller. You told me to keep an eye on him. What is it? Is he wearing your dresses? No, he's past that, sir. He talks to his socks. As long as he keeps them clean. Colonel, during guard duty, he shot down imaginary enemy gliders with not-so-imaginary bullets. Clear, I'd like to do my dreaming in bed. Colonel, it's the truth. Right now, he's in the field interrogating the two glider pilots. And you're upset because you didn't think of it first. I'm telling you, the guy is Looney Tunes, and blah, 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 that's all, folks. I got it. You're working with him. Well, the two of you together don't add up to a section four. Good night. Take it from me, the guy's Freddy from the Funny Farm, wraparound jacket and all. Prisoners! Oh! All right, you two, move over there. Keep your hands in sight, move slow, and no talking. Colonel, may I present a lunatic? Colonel Potter, is there a place we can keep these two dangerous prisoners? In the rubber room. Corporal, put the gun down. You're giving me the shakes. Sir, that's ridiculous. I got two dangerous prisoners here. If I put this gun down, they'll disappear in a minute. Miller, let's talk about this. Hand Klinger the rifle. He'll watch the prisoners. You just show me where they are. Okay. When he runs out of ammunition, bulldog him. I'll be in my office doing the paperwork to get him out of here. Oh, Colonel, as long as you're filling out one Section 8 form, what would it hurt to do another? All right, you can find MASH 4077 all over the Internet. You can find us at Facebook, www.facebook.com slash MASH 4077 podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at MASH 4077 podcast. And you can follow me at Hawkeye Mids. You can find me, Kenny, at GeekyFanboy. And if you're enjoying this podcast and want to make a donation, it would be much appreciated. You can either go to our main website and there is a PayPal button, or you can go to patreon.com slash geekyfanboy. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash geekyfanboy, and you can become a monthly donator to our podcast.
And remember, you can follow us on iTunes, Direct Download, or of course, from Stitcher Radio. Just search for MASH 4077 Podcast. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. We both gave it, uh, you know, good thumbs up. It's still a, a, still a solid episode. Oh, yeah. The stories are really, really solid. So, very cool. Well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. Got a package for you, Colonel, from the Novelite Toy Company. Mildred probably sent something cute for the horse. A whoopee saddle? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Oh, it's a sock with a face on it. Anyone we know? Well, here's a letter. Hi, my name is Stinky. It's from Boots Miller. Get away from me, you creep. Dear Colonel Potter, meet Mr. Sock. He was invented in your very own camp. Invented? Boots was a fake. And in the last two months, we've sold over 50,000 of them. A rich fake. I'm now vice president in charge of research and development of the Novelite Toy Company. How do you like that guy? He even fooled me. I wrote to thank you and at the same time to ask for your help. I have an idea for a new toy called Enemy Glider. Oh, no. I've been able to reproduce the pilot perfectly, but did not get a good look at the glider itself. Did you, by chance, take any photographs of the one that I shot down? <laughs> MASH fans, now as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast and we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world so if that's your cup of tea or martini then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio or of course from Podbean you can find us at waffleon.podbean.com and we would be honoured if you would join us was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. Both, both turn on, what? In an, oh, regular TV actor back in the 80s and 70s. Well, I'm going to do that and switch those around.